ಓಂ ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌ ಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನ್ನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತಮಾವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ವಿ ಸ್ಟಾಪ್ಡ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಮಿಡಲ್ ಆಫ್ ಅನುಭಾಕ ತ್ರೀ ನಮಃ ಅಸಿಮದ್ಭ್ಯೋ ನಕ್ತಂಚರದ್ಭ್ಯ ಪ್ರಕೃತಾಂ ಪತಯೇ ನಮಃ ಬಟ್ ಯು ನೋ ಪೀಪಲ್ ವಾಂಟ್ ಅ ಲಿಟಲ್ ಜಾಗಿಂಗ್ ದಿ ಮೆಮರಿ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಟು ಡೂ ಸಮ್ ಎರೋಬಿಕ್ಸ್ ಟು ಕಮ್ ಬ್ಯಾಕ್ ಟು ವೇರ್ ವಿ ವರ್ಕ್ ಸೊ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಅ ಸ್ಮಾಲ್ ಇಂಟ್ರೊಡಕ್ಷನ್ ಟು ಅನುವಾಕ ತ್ರೀ ಅನುವಾಕ ತ್ರೀ ಈಸ್ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆಂಟ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಲುಕಿಂಗ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಯೂಸ್ ಟು ಲುಕಿಂಗ್ ಅಟ್ ದ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಎ ಡಯಾಡಿಕ್ ಪರ್ಸ್ಪೆಕ್ಟಿವ್ ವಾಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಡಯಾಡಿಕ್ ಟು ಯು ನೋ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಎವ್ರಿಥಿಂಗ್ ಈಸ್ ಟು ರೈಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೇರ್ ಈಸ್ ಇನ್ ದಿ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪ್ರೆಸ್ಡ್ ಇನ್ ಆಲ್ ಏನ್ಷಿಯಂಟ್ ಸಿಸ್ಟಮ್ ಆಫ್ ಫಿಲಾಸಫಿ ದಿಸ್ ಇನ್ ಯಾಂಗ್ ಇನ್ ಯಾಂಗ್ ಮ್ಯಾಸ್ಕ್ಯುಲಿನ್ ಫೆಮಿನಿನ್ ಮೇಲ್ ಫಿಮೇಲ್ ಆಲ್ ದೀಸ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಟೂ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ದೇರ್ ಈಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ಎಲ್ಸ್ ಯು ನೋ ಗುಡ್ ಬ್ಯಾಡ್ ಮೋಸ್ಟ್ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆಂಟ್ಲಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ನೈಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಸೊ ನೈಸ್ ಅಪ್ರೋಪ್ರಿಯೇಟ್ ಇನ್ಅಪ್ರೋಪ್ರಿಯೇಟ್ ರೈಟ್ ರಾಂಗ್ ದಿ ಹೋಲ್ ಯು ನೋ ವಿ ವಿ ಟ್ರಾವೆಲ್ ಇನ್ ಬಿಟ್ವೀನ್ ದೀಸ್ ಟೂ ಯು ನೋ ಡಯಮೆಟ್ರಿಕಲಿ ಒಪೋಸ್ಡ್ ಡಯಾಡ್ಸ್ ನೈಟ್ ಡೇ ಛಾಯಾ ಶೇಡ್ ಯು ನೋ ಆ ತಪಃ ಸನ್ಲೈಟ್ ಆಲ್ ದೀಸ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಯು ನೋ ಇಗ್ನೋರೆನ್ಸ್ ವಟ್ ಎಲ್ಸ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಸೊ ದಿಸ್ ಈಸ್ ಎವ್ರಿಥಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ ಇನ್ ಅವರ್ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ಇಸ್ ಸ್ಪ್ಲಿಟ್ ಇಂಟು ಟೂ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದೇರ್ ವಿ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ವಿವಿಧ ಅದರ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ದಟ್ ಆರ್ ದಟ್ ಫರ್ ದ ಗೋ ಬಟ್ ರಿಯಲಿ ಥಿಂಗ್ ರಿಯಲಿ ಸ್ಪೀಕಿಂಗ್ ದಟ್ ಆರ್ ಟೂ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಯಾ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಈವನ್ ಇನ್ ಟರ್ಮ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಇಗ್ನೋರೆನ್ಸ್ ಟೂ ಕೈಂಡ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಇಗ್ನೋರೆನ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ಟಾಕ್ಡ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಇಗ್ನೋರೆನ್ಸಸ್ ಆರ್ ಟಾಕ್ಡ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಒನ್ ಈಸ್ ಇಗ್ನೋರೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಐ ಯು ನೋ ಇಗ್ನೋರೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದಿ ಅದರ್ ಈಸ್ ಯಾ ಇಗ್ನೋರೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಎವ್ರಿಥಿಂಗ್ ಎಲ್ಸ್ ಸೊ ದ ಮೂಲ ಅವಿದ್ಯಾ ಇಗ್ನೋರೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಮೂಲ ರೂಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಯುವರ್ ಓನ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ತೂಲ ಅವಿದ್ಯಾ ಇಗ್ನೋರೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಎವ್ರಿಥಿಂಗ್ ಎಲ್ಸ್ ಅಗೇನ್ ಈವನ್ ಇನ್ ಟರ್ಮ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಇಗ್ನೋರೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಟಾಕಿಂಗ್ ಆಫ್ ಟೂ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಟೂ ದ್ವೇ ವಿದ್ಯೆ ವೇದಿತವ್ಯ ಪರಾಚ ಅಪರಾಚ ಒನ್ ಈಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ಒನ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಈಸ್ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಅವರ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಆಫ್ ಆಲ್ ಕೈಂಡ್ ಅನಾತ್ಮ ದಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಕಾಲ್ಡ್ ಅಪರ ನಾಟ್ ಅಲ್ಟಿಮೇಟ್ ನಾಟ್ ಕಂಪ್ಲೀಟ್ ನಾಟ್ ಟೋಟಲ್ ನಾಟ್ ಹೋಲ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ವಾಟ್ ಪರ ನೋಯಿಂಗ್ ವಿಚ್ ಎವ್ರಿ ಅಪರ ಯು ನೋ ದಿಸ್ ನೋಯಿಂಗ್ ವಿಚ್ ಎವ್ರಿಥಿಂಗ್ ಈಸ್ ಆ್ಯಸ್ ಗುಡ್ ಆಸ್ ನೋನ್ ಪರ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಸೊ ಅಗೇನ್ ಸಿನ್ಸ್ ಇಗ್ನೋರೆನ್ಸ್ ಈಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಟೂ ಕೈಂಡ್ಸ್ ಆತ್ಮ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಅನಾತ್ಮ ದೆನ್ ವಿದ್ಯಾ ಈಸ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಆಫ್ ಟೂ ಕೈಂಡ್ಸ್ ಯು ನೋ ಆತ್ಮ ವಿದ್ಯಾ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಅನಾತ್ಮ ವಿದ್ಯಾ ವಿಚ್ ಈಸ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆಂಟ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ವಿತೌಟ್ ಅಪರ ವಿದ್ಯಾ ಯು ಕೆನಾಟ್ ಗೆಟ್ ಪರ ವಿದ್ಯಾ ಅಪರ ವಿದ್ಯಾ ಈಸ್ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆಂಟ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಅನ್ಲೆಸ್ ಯು ನೋ ಗ್ರಾಮರ್ ಹೌ ಆರ್ ಯು ಗೋಂಗ್ ಟು ಈವನ್ ರೀಡ್ ಉಪನಿಷತ್ ಹೌ ಆರ್ ಯು ಗೋಂಗ್ ಟು ಸ್ಟಡಿ ಹೌ ಆರ್ ಯು ಗೋ
unless you know all the things that are given by, you know, the branches of knowledge called apara, like, uh, you know, vyakaranam and what else, you know, chandas, pronunciation, shiksha and uh, rhythm, meaning, all these things we have to know, some background knowledge should be there, even to study Vedanta. You can't just sort of say, you know, I have come from the forest and raised by the wolves and now I am going to study Vedanta, because that is what is called Prakrita Buddhi. Prakrita Buddhi means some kind of a, uh, you know, Buddhi as nature made, you know, without any samskara there. And so the Aparavidya gives some samskara, so again that, that has a role in Vedanta. You can't get stuck to it, but it has a certain role in, in the study of Vedanta. And so therefore, you can make it a little, little more, the volume, yeah, little louder more, yeah. For the, yeah, that's better. Uh, so therefore we have, you know, these two kinds of, uh, this, this number two has an abiding presence. The, numer the numerical, uh, you know, called two, has an abiding presence in the lives of all jivas, correct? And in a way, it, uh, and also again, if we look at space and time, the two constricting factors, correct? You know, what keeps one from understanding that I am limitless? You know, kala and desha, desha kala, again two. Because, you know, deshataha parichinnatvam is there. Parichinnatvam means what? You know, constriction, limitation, as though limitation. Because if one is, a, a, a person is occupying a particular body-mind com complex, you cannot also occupy the another body-mind complex. And even siddhas, rishis and all who, uh, what is that? They did this, they had some Dehantara Siddhi, like Adi Shankara entered into other bodies, but still you could only enter one body at a time, <laughs> correct? You can't just be in many bodies, because then that is Bhagavan, really. You know, Deshataha Aparichinnaha, Kalataha Aparichinnaha. So again, time, if you're occupying one particular time, even if we uh, acknowledge the possibility of what is called time travel, but you, you can only travel at from point t1 to t0 or t2 or t3 you can't be in all times at once except through understanding that one the, the nature of one is timeless that's that's what that's a totally different thing but in terms of you know one's embodiment what the two constricting factors that in fact become a deterrent to assimilating this knowledge are space and time because space-wise, parichinna, you know, and time-wise, limited, space-wise, limited. So again, this, this, this is how we lead our lives, kind of a precarious journey between two diametrically opposed entities. And then you say, you know, oh, I am interested in limitlessness, I am interested in Vedanta, I am interested in knowing that through which I can transcend space, transcend, you know, time, transcend everything. How is that possible, you know? Because 
these these two things that the, the the not just the any two things but the the existence of these two the entities in the form of diametrically opposed things that govern our lives you know make it very difficult to transcend them yeah very difficult and so and even maya shakti has two powers again what are they yeah yeah i'm happy to hear everyone pronouncing avarna uh, properly you know I, one time i had somebody and uh, who said can you please teach me about avarana i said who is avarana <laughs> took a long time to understand you know avarana so avarana avarana means you know the, the shakti of the mother to cover up what the truth of oneself from oneself the truth of the seeker is covered up from the seeker itself that is a very you know prachanda shakti uh, you know that i am whole everyone knows except me you know this is very strange <laughs> and uh, then that is the shakti and the second shakti is called vikshepa vikshepa means the ability to throw you off vik you know kship means to throw v plus kship to throw in a fantastic way and vikshepa means to throw in a way that you don't know that you have been thrown yeah meaning thrown off you are thrown off by maya's vikshepa shakti and how are you thrown off you are thrown off because you you know you are literally dethroned <laughs> from from yourself because you believe in the manifold universe each thing you take as real you know except yourself yeah you know anatmani atma dharma dharmasya adhyasaha adhyasaha means to superimpose what the qualities of the atma which is what one is searching for one is searching for shanti which is yourself one is searching for happiness ananda which is yourself and one is searching for limitlessness ananta which is yourself and instead what do what does one do one projects all those things on to those you know entities which are bereft of those qualities that's why even though the person is i tell you this all the time even though the person is getting married for the seventh time what will they say this is forever <laughs> what about the other six times no that was not forever then <laughs> how do you know this is forever because that's what i want forever we are one and that oneness and that foreverness is what one wants and so when we attribute you know the non atma the, the uh, atma qualities we, which we are searching for on to the non atma entities which don't have those qualities because everything that is anatma is finite whatever you search for you know is finite everything in the jagat comes to an end the end yeah what what more to say everything comes to an end but we like to dress up the things in the jagat as though they are forever 
and the, because we want to justify one wants to justify going after those things and so they say this is real starting with coca cola the real thing this is what they say ah <laughs> oh, even the advertisers know that one is wanting the real one is wanting the forever and all these advertisements they know they take advantage of our mumukshutvam yeah they take advantage of the seeking for you know leaving this finite samsara and wanting this they take advantage of that and they cater to that desire for that limitlessness and so by branding objects as what infinite this will last forever like what that battery one small battery energy energizer it keeps going and going and going and going dot 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 meaning you have to add a few more goings yeah meaning you will go but it will still be there <laughs> that's the idea you see this is how and one buys into it because you know you have put the desire to keep going and going for yourself on to the battery and if i am the possessor of the battery then i too will keep going and going and going and now apple has become even more clever yeah this uh, uh, you know because everything starts with i because everybody is interested in i yeah nobody is interested in you know because you see the thing is one only wants to talk about oneself really i mean this is the truth of it you know this is the plain truth of it but you can't do that all the time because nobody will listen so you are forced to feign and pretend to be interested and you know and over time you become you nod your head at few, you know you give some non verbal uh, you know things non verbal cues yeah and you know and, uh, and there are certain safe things to say because anything the other person may be saying you can just say in a neutral tone of voice oh interesting <laughs> ah, you know that person can say i have done matra hatti i have killed the mother oh interesting you know yeah you you won't have listened because otherwise you would have been alarmed but but here you have not listened at all but uh, so you have to be neutral oh interesting <laughs> because and then you have got a few points because that person says oh this person is non judgmentally listening <laughs> yeah because everyone's mind is crowded with with all you know th- thoughts about the self what will happen to me <laughs> where will i go what is going to be my future like i'm not interested in your future or somebody else's future i'm interested in my future how will i die you know will i die surrounded by the lilting tones of the eighth chapter of the bhagavad gita everybody chanting to me or will i die alone somewhere unsung unheard you know unretrieved you know all these things this is all the these are the thoughts that crowd and then these these kinds of thoughts also they are they have certain you know they have a certain kind of a samashti collective flair because in india certain thoughts are there you know and in america certain other thoughts cloud the eye 
and then uh, what else you know certain other thoughts cloud the eye then individually also depending on the person's makeup there are certain thoughts that come correct yeah so like this and also uh, depending on the age you know balastavat krida sakta hai because you know when uh, people say when you are in uh, when you are uh, why didn't you study vedanta when you were small and this is a regret of uh, you know people who come to vedanta in adulthood ayyo how i miss this when i was small i should have what all i would have done i would have become you know shankaracharya number 2 if i had had the chance and now to study sanskrit and now you know rama 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 ha from the beginning my god and now to do all this it is too much but before you know everybody and somebody came and told me this you should make a rule i said okay what should i make a rule you know in i was being overruled actually and <laughs> you should make a rule that all children from age 5 should study vedanta and already our purvajas they you know people the sages who came before have anticipated these questions because these questions are not modern questions they have they are age old questions everybody has this because the human psychology is not different in yugas same psychology human being means you have a psychology yeah you have a background that is what the human being means and so in the in the past also people thought that and that's why one of the shankaracharyas who wrote the bhajagovindam even though it's attributed to adi shankara it was one of the other shankaracharyas because you know there were many and they did not like to put their own names so they put uh, adi shankara's name on all their works so they wrote this you know that one of them wrote like this balahatavat you know so the, the the discussion here is when is a good time to study about brahman about the knowledge of the self balastavat krida saktah so asaktah is is completely preoccupied with what krida krida means what play who balah you know and the child definitely is preoccupied with play and this child who is you know taking a little car and going and making all these sounds you keep saying tatvamasi <laughs> it will not be interested okay no 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 you have to wait till you have become a young adult unfortunately the the, the verse goes on to say that the young adult is interested in another young adult tarunastavat taruni raktah yeah so that's all it is one young adult is not looking for you know is not looking for freedom from samsara in fact every young adult's goal is how to get into samsara more deeply and get more involved yesterday we talked about how you cannot get uninvolved without being involved so this is how it is so this is the time of you know getting involved so any youngster you ask they will not they will say i don't have time yeah why because i'm interested in this that or the other you know i'm interested in the in the person next door this is <laughs> this is what it is 
and then no 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 yes the you know the vedas were right and you know uh, what is that yagnena danena tapasa vividishanti brahmanaha there is there is one sentence you know through through a life of sacrifice yagna dana um, giving of charity and through a life of austerity tapas they become qualified for this knowledge yagnena danena tapasa vividishanti vividishanti means veditum ichchanti they desire to know you know they desire to know the knowledge so that that paripakvata that uh, you know comes uh, when uh, you know you have attained uh, a certain maturity etc etc that it looks nice in the book that's all but reality what is that vriddhastava chinta magnah you know when you are a vriddha the only thing the preoccupation is with chinta <laughs> will the children fight after i'm gone why do you why do you care no no i care i want everyone to get along <laughs> that sounds like your problem not the children's problem <laughs> but no no i really want will they will they uh, you know listen to whatever my last wishes are will they make use of my money properly you know once you leave the body it's no longer your money correct no no but it is still my money and so the person hangs around you know haunting their own family yeah <laughs> once you go you should go you know you shouldn't hang around really that should be our prayer yeah make a clean and complete departure and that's not possible unless you have prepared for it here that's why i keep saying this is not a bus stop this is a place of preparation this is a place of sadhana this body is given so that this preparation can be made otherwise you keep saying boo to the family members and haunting them all the time and you know while the person was alive they were difficult to manage and even after death the family has to deal with them yeah you know this is how it is because this this kind of chinta goes even it is even lasts after the person has gone because that chinta is overwhelming how will i go what will happen to my property what will happen to my possessions you know yeah and because of the asakti the attachment towards one's possession one possesses everyone else <laughs> as a preta yeah so like this this chinta is too much so in the old age uh, what to do you know one should be studying bhagavad gita and everything but by that time you know jarayanti tejah all the sharpness of the mind is gone worn out you can't see you can't hear only the only thing that work is the taste buds yeah they are the last to go i am told <laughs> they are the last to go you know something has to be you know and they, that's the first thing to start because you see the baby makes those noises and old people uh, you know very old people will make those noises yeah because the the, the jihwa is the is the is the thing it's the first to get activated because as soon as the baby is born the suckling reflex is there it goes for the milk and then what you know even before one passes away one thinks of jalebis you know this is what it is or whatever one's you know favorite 
uh, thing is. Ah, jalebis, I said, because I, you know, I saw one uh, when I was small, I was taken by the grandmother to see some, uh, some mother, you know, grandma, great-grandma, some, some un unconnected person. And that lady had been bedridden for 25 years, you know. And she was always, I had always seen her in a horizontal position because that's how she was. And nobody knew what was wrong and uh, no, nobody, and she was not interested in finding out. And, uh, you know, she was completely dependent on the uh, daughter-in-laws and all the other people in the household, sons and everybody, grandchildren, everyone. And so I went there and then, you know, and then she didn't know, she, she couldn't see very well, but she could see enough. And the mind was still sharp and the jihwa was very sharp. And, you know, so she caught hold of my hand and she said, where are my jalebis? <laughs> because somebody had promised her jalebis and uh, they hadn't come back because, you know, she should not be eating jalebi. So they said yes, yes and quickly extricated their hand and left and they never came back. So the next person that walked into the room, you know, was me and so she caught hold of the hand in a wise grip, I still remember, <laughs> very strong grip. She says, you said you are going to bring the jalebis, where are they? <laughs> you don't come back without them, you know. And so even at that age, when nothing, hands are not, were not working, legs are not working, what is working is the desire for jalebis. So where is, you know, pare brahmani kopina lagnaha, nobody is interested in brahman at no age. Ah, which is the right age to study? The, other, the answer is any age, one answer, and another answer is no age. Because if the desire to study is there and it is cultivated, it will come. At any age is the correct age. Right now is the correct time. But if the desire is not there, then what happens? No age is the right age. Some other preoccupations will take over. And these preoccupations, if we look closely, have to do with these diametrically opposed things. And they all the and, and the preoccupations are mostly concerned with how I am going to be in relation to these two things. Ah. And and why did the, this all this story start? Because I was talking about the the apple which has clear which has cleverly inserted the small eye in front of all its product. Ah. iPod, yeah, and then what else? iMac. Uh, iPhone and then iCloud, iPad oh. and if I don't have it, I sad. You know, this is what happens, yeah. <laughs> I saw one cartoon which was very nice, you know. This father is giving gifts, he looks very harassed in the cartoon and the children are jumping up and down, it's Christmas or something and uh, young children little older, not really small, you know, teenage children, three of them. And so one of them opens the, the packet, the gift wrap and says, Oh, Daddy, iPod, how nice, I love you, thank you. And the other one says, you know, iPhone, how nice, Daddy. And the third one says, iPad, wonderful, Daddy. And daddy says, I paid for <laughs> all of these. 
harassed looking fellow. Yeah, so this, this, you know, this is how one gets off track. And you know, this is how it is. And even meditation is made into some kind of a commercial experience. You, know, you have to go somewhere, you have to have an out of world experience. You have to go on a cruise. Why do you have to go on a cruise to meditate? But this is what it is. And somebody came and told me also, let's do a Vedanta cruise. I said, no, yeah. <laughs> you go along without me. No, no, we can have, a, we can book a few seats, everybody can come and we can have a place there and we can study Vedanta. I said, what's wrong with right here? Yeah. You know, you don't have to be seasick to study <laughs> Vedanta. <laughs> This is crazy. And uh, this is, you know, but this is what, everything has to be made an experience. You have to go to a resort. Why do you have to go to a resort to meditate? Meditation is resorting to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to a resort to meditate. <laughs> no, no, here, no, meditation doesn't come. Why won't it come? No, because I'm preoccupied. The, you, okay, you know, this is a good admission, this is a good start. If you are preoccupied here, you think you're not going to be preoccupied there? You're going to be even more preoccupied because you can't get away from yourself. Wherever you go, there you are. That's, that's what it is. If it's not one thing, it's another. Wherever you go, there you are. You're not going to be, you know, less preoccupied there. Even if you go to the most beautiful place, one day you'll go, ha, ah, how nice, how quiet. And next day you'll say, I want to come back because this silence is, you know, it's like a death, uh, you know, deathly. This is what happens. And even Swamis are not exempt from this, uh, what is it called? Spiritual Romanticism. This is what it is. I have to go to a certain place in order to have a certain experience and then only I will be able to sit and meditate and, and just be with myself. You know, Pujya Swamiji would always tell the story of this Swami who came to him and said, I need a place, quiet place. And Swamiji, in, this was in the 60s. And Swamiji said, right behind my kutia, there is a small, you know, like a little wood hut available. Go live there. Nobody will bother you and I will tell the person and, uh, you know, you can go for bhiksha. It is right here and it's all easy. He says, no, this place is too crowded. I mean, Rishikesh in the 60s was just, you know, totally, uh, what is that, you know, uninhabited. Other than a few swamis, he said, it's too crowded. He stayed there for two, three days and he says, too crowded. And you know, one Swami behind me likes to chant prayers in the morning and the other one is doing yoga, I am disturbed. I want to go to Uttarakashi. And Swami said, Swamiji said, you know, your age is not such to uh, withstand the... Uttarakashi is further north, in the Himalayas. Your age will not withstand all this cold. You know something, you be here. No, 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 send me to Uttarakashi, find a place for me there. Then he found one place and sent him. Within three months he was back. No, I want to go further north. Because uh, he was put in this wonderful Kailas ashram, which is very nice, safe, wonderful, but again, little, quite away from every, all civilization. And there he went and he was not happy because he said the ashramites chant too loudly, Rudram in the morning, you know. Rudram itself is a chant for meditation. <laughs> but he was trying to down out the Rudram 
and somehow get to this this Brahman somewhere. I don't know where. Where you know where is this Brahman outside of uh, all the daily uh, things and noises? We don't know, but this is how it was. And I want to go further, he said. And he went somewhere further. And then also after three months he came back. Now what's the problem? <laughs> Are you happy? No. The Swami said. Why? He says, because are there people? No. Is there too loud chanting? No. Uh, bells are ringing for uh, puja? No. Then what is the problem? He says, there are too many birds. Yeah. In the morning they go cheep, 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 cheep. And uh, I can't meditate. So this is what it is. Then he came back ate humble pie and lived in Rishikesh itself in that same kutia which he had rejected because by this time after a few experiences the backache had increased and the you know the bones arthritis had increased in the cold and then he realized that wherever I go you know I am disturbed that means what I am disturbed period and that has to be inquired into and this is what is the whole you know and the, dis the cause of the disturbance is because I have had a certain, you know, I want something which I am not getting. This is the cause of all disturbance. Kamat krodha upajayate. So, kama from my desire which is thwarted, I didn't get what I wanted and then that becomes a cause of disturbance. And so, that is the primary cause of disturbance, really. So the disturbed mind is because I am not getting answers to my questions, I am not getting what I want. And in other words, I am stuck between these two things which I don't know how to negotiate. Because really the heart is desiring oneness. But then the mind, there is a pressure in the mind. There is a pressure to classify something as good, to classify something as bad and this whole judgment. The mind lives and thrives of judgment. You know, who can I blame quickly? <laughs> and how can I defend myself? And whose fault it is? Because it has to be somebody's fault. Otherwise, how come everything is going wrong? It has to be somebody's fault. Correct? Ah. <laughs> so quickly I have to transfer the blame because if it is not somebody's fault, then what? Ah. It becomes my fault. Oh no, we are not going to have that. Ah. We can't accept that. It has to be somebody else's fault. So the finger is always ro roaming to land somewhere. <laughs> this is what it is. Somebody's fault. It has to be quickly. And this judgment is because it is this is good and this is not so good. This is bad. Then we are one is born with this dyad because of the mind. But the heart, meaning the one's original desire is something else, is, is to go, one is tired of this judgment. One wants to lay down the cudgels of this judgment. One wants to stop beating oneself over the head and others over the head. This is right, this is wrong, this looks right, this looks wrong, this is appropriate, this is inappropriate, this is good, this is bad. That's why Nachiketa in which Upanishad? Kathopanishad. Asks ask Lord Yama a very important question for his third 
boon he was given three boons he says please you know teach me that which is anyatra dharmat anyatra adharmat you know anyatra kritat akritat anyatra bhutat cha bhavyat cha yat tat pasyasi tad vada tell me that which you see which you know beyond this these dyadic qualities and for a small 8 year old to know this is a is a tremendous leap so quantum leap from being a simple mumukshu a desirer of freedom to a jignasu knowing that this these dyads are mithya they are not ultimately real they are you know they are the products of maya and i have to transcend them through knowledge you can't physically transcend them because the body is finite you cannot say i am infinite and then jump off a cliff i mean one can but one doesn't shouldn't do that because that's not how it is how it works so it's a cognitive shift and when that cognitive shift is there then the body doesn't become a burden much less the mind nothing becomes a burden it's all wonderful and so therefore this is how the whole thing is and so he says anyatra dharmat teach me something that is above dharma and adharma anyatra adharmat because this is a very big you know problem dharma and adharma oh my god i should do this and this is right and this is not right and then we have these two kinds of you know iron clad uh, compartments in the head and in fact in the beginning one should have it one cannot leave dharma and say okay i am above dharma and adharma and so therefore i'm going to rob a bank this afternoon <laughs> because i'm beyond dharma and adharma no that's not the point the point is to internalize dharma and let that go and the point is to you know not be judgmental you know about adharma in in a way that comes in in the comes as a road blocked to assimilating the whole because the whole includes dharma adharma and transcends it also so because we don't have thankfully we don't have in, in our tradition either evil the concept of evil or the concept of evil with a d in front of it what is that ah no devil no evil no devil no d minus nothing no nothing is there sab bhagavan hai isha vasyam idam sarvam this has to be understood idam sarvam all that is here ishvara buddhya achhadaniyam achhadaniyah it is we have to what do we have to do we have to as though cover the entire world with ishvara buddhi ah that is a precursor to this limitlessness i'm very difficult because we have our judgments this one is good this one is bad this one is you know engaged in this action in that other action not good not you know right exactly so this is what the whole thing is you know so 
Achadaniyam means to be covered. What, you know, Ishvara Buddhya through Ishvara Buddhi, you know. So this is what I keep saying, Ishvara is <laughs> through the Buddhi. Ishvara is everything. So, so that there is no um, residue of this I like and this I don't like and this I want and this I don't want is not there. Because Ishvara is everything doesn't mean tolerate everything. That's not the point. Ishvara is everything means be objective that they, these things exist in the world. Yeah. Starting from one's neighbor about which one is not crazy, you know, <laughs> these kinds of people exist in the world. It doesn't mean you have to tolerate them and you know, Tomorrow they come with a gun and say, okay, I, I don't like you in your house even, not even in my house. <laughs> That's not the point. You have to do whatever it is you, to protect yourself or you have to do whatever it is. And if they're making noise, you can, you know, go tell them. That's not the point. The point is not to become a, uh, what is that called, doormat. That's not the point. The point is to see that this is also not away from Bhagavan. That is the idea. You know, in-law not away from Bhagavan, outlaw not away from Bhagavan. In-laws that behave like outlaws, not away from Bhagavan. Yeah. And sometimes outlaws behave like in-laws. Yeah. You know, there was this case of this, I told you this last time, there was this case of this OCD burglar. Remember that story? Huh? No? no? They will say no because they want to hear it. <laughs> then after I tell, they'll say, yeah, that one. <laughs> ah. So, the, the OCD burglar story, this fellow went to rob a house. And the house had, you know, twins. And, you know, two children, even to manage one child is a headache. Now it has two children and a, you know, and another toddler. Um, older one, so three children, and so these this family had uh, posted on Facebook that they are going on a vacation, and uh, you know, and the uh, burglar had a nice idea, found out, hacked into their account, found out their address, and thought this is easy because you know they have gone for the weekend, and he went in and he could not steal, not because he had a uh, whatever conscience spoke, Bhagavan spoke through him, no such luck. He could not steal because he was a very clean burglar. Uh, and he was very disturbed by the fact that they were, they, they, the family lived like pigs. Yeah. And he was outraged that every room he, had, he went to steal something, he had to pick up and fold clothes. Yeah. <laughs> And then he saw that, you know, the, the, the children's clothes, you know, small frocks and overalls, everything was full of jam and all these things. So he did a load of laundry. <laughs> this is a real story, I'm not making it up, okay? Something I make up, but not this one. <laughs> so then he said, Are baby, laundry chal raha hai. You know, you have to, you can't just leave the load of laundry because then you have to put it where? In the dryer. 
Yeah, so then as that was going on, as the laundry was going on, then he cleaned a few things. Then, you know, then he said, okay, I better steal a few things at least. So he put a few things in the bag, at least the things that were, first he had to dust everything and then he, he was there the whole day, you know. He dusted everything, he put it in whatever he wanted in the bag, some computer, jewelry, valuables. And then, you know, then he put the clothes in the dryer and he was about to get out and then, you know, uh, he had come in through the breaking the door of the kitchen and right next to the door is the sink and it was full of dishes. And so he put the uh, box down and he started to do the dishes. First he washed them in water, then he applied soap and scrubber all the dishes because the whole family had eaten and they, they, he just said, well, I wish people didn't live, live like this. These are just, you know, horrible, what a horrible experience, what a horrible family. And then, you know, you can't just leave the dishes. You have to wash them and you have to dry them. So he took in the uh, drawer out and found the towels and started to dry each dish. By the time the family came home, it was Sunday evening. And thankfully, they, even though he was working in the dark, he had that much brains, you know, they saw a silhouette in, right in front of the kitchen window. And from outside only they called, eh? they saw his shadow and they called the uh, police. And he was apprehended as he was drying the second last dish. <laughs> you know, so like this, this is a real story. You know, it, it came in that, uh, what is it? Some kind of uh, dumb criminals, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. So, like this, there are all kinds of, uh, you know, all kinds of aberrations are there in th in this universe, and we have to be able to to include these kinds of situations. And the family had done so much punya. Not only did they not get robbed, they had free house cleaning. Yeah. He was there for eight hours, he confessed. Oh, <laughs> really, what punya? All they had to do was fix a broken lock in the kitchen. <laughs> Fantastic, you know. So, like this, you know, these are all these aberrations. You see, this really bends the mind because you don't know whether to thank the robber or to, you know, abuse the robber mentally. <laughs> yeah, this is what the whole thing is. And so these, these, uh, this, oh, so Ishvara Buddhya, you know, this whole world, idam sarvam, you know, the, 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 the fact that this whole world is covered by Ishvara has to be understood, you know, through a, through a cognitive shift. Yeah. Anything that you don't like, anything that you like, whatever is there, whatever is not there, whatever should be there, should not be there, has all to be, in your mind, has to be Ishwarized. Again, Ishwarized does not mean tolerated. If you can change something, please change. But we are talking of the infallible and what presents itself as inevitable. That has to be Ishwarized. Inevitable. Because it is there. And you can't seem to change it right now. What are you going to do? This is how it is. You can't change it. This is how it is. This is how the person's background is. This is how the person's thoughts are. You can't dismiss the person. You are bad. You are an idiot. 
you are a disturbed person, you are a mad person, you are a idiot. You cannot dis, dis, you know, dispense with the person and dismiss the person. So we, and how to Ishwarize? We learn to distinguish between the person and the behavior. And if you look again into the life of Pujya Swamiji, he was very careful how he worded things. So you cannot say, like for example, to call somebody a thief is a judgment. Here, if I say you are a thief to someone, then I am coming, you know, uh, you know, in addition to, I'm, you know, I'm hurting my prospects in Vedanta because I have not Ishwarized the person. Because he's not a thief, he or she is not a thief all the time. Thief also might be attending satsang. That time the person is a devotee, correct? Ah, thief also might be attending, uh, what is that called? Uh, temple, going to the temple on Shivaratri, you know. Not with the idea of stealing, with the idea of thanking God that every pocket was full of, you know, greens. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, there is a song like that, you know. Upar wale is dunia mein jeb kisi ki na khali rahe, you know. Oh, the one above. This is a pickpocket song. Pickpocket is now a devotee. Yeah, because he's not picking pocket. He's, he's praying in his own way. He's her own way. Oh, the one above, you know, what? In this world, let no one's pocket be empty. Yeah. And wherever my hands fall, her pocket may hariyali rahe. Let each one, each pocket be lined with greenery. Let each pocket be a lush forest of greenery. Yeah. The fauna of banknotes. This is what it is. <laughs> Flora and fauna of all kinds of dollar bills, let it be there. So you cannot call the person a thief when the person is, is standing in front. Of course, wrong prayer, wrong motivation, everything is wrong. But still, the person is not a thief when the person is brushing the teeth. The person is not a thief when they are sleeping, eating. Correct? And the, the many thieves have their own dharma, you know. They will not steal from, you know, children except when they are desperate, you know, all these things. <laughs> Some dharma, very loose dharma and a very elastic dharma, loose and pyjama dharma, but still, <laughs> some dharma will be there, correct? So, you can't call the person a thief. Pujya Swamiji would always insist on this, that we have to clean up our vocabulary because the person is not always a thief. So, you, and similarly the word thief, Criminal, we, are, we have not Ishwarized. Criminal means what? It's a judgment, you know. So it's better to say the person is given to crime. You see, the, the laws in this country make it very, because there are very well-developed slander laws. You can't call somebody a thief. Even if you say thief, you have to say alleged before that. Yeah. Otherwise, allegedly, you will go to jail. Yeah, so <laughs> you have to be very careful how you talk. And Pujya Swamiji liked that about this country. And he would say, don't say thief. Say, uh, you know, given to a life of crime. Repeat offender. Very good word. Habitual 
offender has a habit of of being offensive and offending offending people the dharma code of laws whatever it is this is a better way to see because then that shows a mind that is a samskrita buddhi that has ishwarized you are not tolerating the person you are making a distinction between the person and the behavior you are condemning the behavior not the person that is objectivity because the person is is sachidananda you are sachidananda and this is how vedanta is assimilated because you are not you know condemning the person you have that's why anuvaka 3 is is a beautiful section on how all these diametrically opposed things in our minds are ishwarized for us in case we don't know how to do it or if we have resistance to doing it so all kinds of things and entities are included that we may find normally distasteful such as the person who has what dogs for dinner shvapak yeah swapak means the person who is cooking what puppies for yeah dinner and immediately a feeling even if you know the, the funny thing is even if one is a non vegetarian in this country as soon as you see somebody cooking puppies and kittens for dinner you feel a sense of distaste and a sense of outrage outrage as though the person is much better than them they are not you know flesh is flesh you know whether it covers the bones of a dog or whether it covers the bones of a horse or a cow doesn't matter but still the you know there is a sense of outrage because even the person who eats flesh and animals has a certain code of conduct that certain things are not you know are not eaten you don't go there yeah like cannibalism you don't go there and you don't eat dogs and certain other things and this is how it was even in ancient india you know this is the you know uh, this is the, the that is the, the that is why the famous verse from the bhagavad gita vidya vinaya sampanne brahmane gavi hastini shunichaiva swapake cha panditaha samadarshinah that samadarshanam is what is talked about is that you have a certain vision of equanimity because of your understanding of bhagavan pervading everything and everybody and every action because we don't have this good and bad evil and good we don't have because in all religions that have this evil and good distinction they are stuck up how we you know how they are stuck up because they cannot explain evil if god is good first they make a setup what is the setup god is all that is good okay if god is all that is good why do i have a headache why is there forget headache why is there war why is there disease why is there earthquake why is there pestilence why do people die why there are mass shootings if god is good you know they don't know how to explain so they have to bring in the other traditions have to bring in an entity called devil who is always at war with god and then how is god almighty if god is overpowered by the devil or evil huh? and even the greatest bhakta has to guard from the devil and to make matters worse the devil comes to you disguised as god ayyo rama what to do now you know Uh, what to do now 
Yeah, because this is, I had this, I've had lot of uh, talks with uh, people from different traditions. And this was in Switzerland, a group of young men from Pakistan, they were so wonderful and they were so lost. They, you know, they said that, can you please, you know, guide us? Because they had gone, there was also present one uh, Imam from Egypt. Some other time I'll tell you that story, you know, yeah, it's not pertinent right now. And so they had talked to the Imam and these five, six young men, their head was completely befuddled. And they said, we talked to the Imam and now all of us are in a bad mood. So please help us understand what he said. I said, I don't know if I can help you understand what he said, but if you have any questions, I can answer. So he said that, how do we distinguish between the voice of God and the voice of devil in the head? I said, who said there is voice of God and devil separately in the head? No, no, Imam Ji has said that. So then I said, well, you know, I talked about dharma and adharma and everything. And then one of them said that uh, I am going crazy because I am thinking that, uh, because the Imam said that the voice of devil comes disguised as the voice of God. I said, this is very dangerous. Because if, you know, if you can't listen to your own conscience and if you are doubting your own conscience is the voice, you know, the, the voice of dharma is the voice of devil if you are saying, then, then what else can you do other than adharma? You know, I said this is very disturbing and you cannot do this, you know. And, and don't, you know, because you know what is correct and you know what is, you know, the, like for example, I said to take a stock example, it is wrong to kill people, it is wrong to steal, it is wrong to, you know, drive a plane into the building, all this you know. They said, yes, we know that. And they thanked me and they were much happier, but it didn't last too long because then they went and talked to the Imam again, or rather <laughs> he talked to them. And after he talked to them, they were again disturbed. Because he said that I was pretending to be the voice of God, whereas I was the voice of dot, dot, dot. Ah, this is what the whole thing is. They were again disturbed. They didn't believe him, but they were a little bit disturbed and disoriented. Take it easy, yeah. And, you know, like this. We have, uh, th th this is the confusion in, in other traditions because they have to bring something to explain all the, all the things which in my mind I think is wrong. For us that's not a problem because sab Bhagavan hai, everything is Bhagavan, nothing is outside of Bhagavan. So things happen which we don't like, that is also Bhagavan. Some, you know, difficult forces to deal with are in power, Bhagavan. Right now, this is how it is. This is how it, it was. You know, somebody, somebody has been defrauded, Bhagavan. You don't put the defrauder on the throne and worship the person. It's not about the person. It transcends the person. And their buddhi, it, it, is, it goes to another law, usually the law of karma. It's all Bhagavan, Bhagavan, Bhagavan. The whole thing from top to bottom, up, down, all around, you know. That is all Bhagavan. Whatever is there is Bhagavan. This is the buddhi and we, we need to cultivate. Because this is the essence, Anuvakatri is the essence of the Hindu dharma. 
that we are away from condemnation we are away from you know this we we try to go beyond this dyad of judgment or judgmental way of looking at things and so we we get into that place of oneness and you cannot get into the place of oneness as long as we are influenced by this dualistic thinking that's why it is said dvaita dhi bhayam bhavati so as long as you are in a dualistic mode that is the root cause of fear and sorrow also sorrow and fear are the what is that symptoms and the ingredients of samsara you need only two things for samsara even one thing is enough but usually two are there fear and sorrow finished nothing else is needed everything else is garnish yeah you garnish something which is otherwise garish yeah that's all you do and so this is how one overcomes the fear and overcomes the what is it called the sorrow because you learn to incorporate everything and expand the heart to 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 the to accommodate you accommodate the person you accommodate the entities you accommodate circumstances which which are out of your control like yesterday there was some earthquake somewhere you cannot say no 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 it's not happening that's going into gandhari mode yeah we talked about that yesterday ah you can't be in denial like the kitten drinking milk with its eyes closed if i am close my eyes and drink the milk the kitten thinks to itself nobody will beat me because nobody is seeing me ostrich and another expression is ostrich with the head in the buried in the sand just because you are not seeing doesn't mean it's not happening it's happening and so the ability to first acknowledge that it is happening and second to be able to uh look at it without judgment objectively and third and this is the final step is to look at it with the eyes of compassion that's what it is and that compassion is bhagavan within and you you know envelop everything you embrace everything with compassion even somebody else's wrong doing you are able to see compassionately that's how one becomes a saint in the tradition in our tradition you don't need a stamp and a certificate you know this you are a saint no you grow into one other people look upon you as one because they know that you have transcended this this uh, uh dualism and you have to practice it in the everyday you know one thing is there you know the vedanta the knowledge itself frees but then many times the knowledge frees but we are not able to abide in the knowledge fully because there are habitual orientations from a long time ago these habits have set in and those habits have to be dismissed by constantly negating this duality in the everyday by ishwarizing it and how to ishwarize and what to ishwarize is uh, you know has been given uh, uh, so far and we have been looking at that all these scary things in the form of robbers in the form of you know various kinds of robbers are mentioned and uh, and then we stopped here namaha asimadbhyo naktancharadbhyah prakrindanam pataye namaha
Asimadhyaha means sword wielding fellows. People don't carry sword just for fun. Okay? What is the use of carrying a sword? In order to defend or offend. Usually to harm. You can replace sword by gun. Same thing. Gun or any other hurting things. Namaha. You are saying Namaha not to one sword wielding fellow but to the concept of them as a whole. All the hurting people you know Namaha. Why? Because they have a purpose in the world. Otherwise they would not be able to go on. If there was no sense of a purpose, there is a sense of purpose and that's why they are existing. And unto them Namaha. Asimadhyo Namaha. And then what? You know, Naktancharadhyaha. Naktancharadhyaha like owls and what else are there? You know, other uh, creepy crawlies. They, they, they also hurt and harm, correct? But there are also human beings, they are nocturnal. Naktancharaha means those who move around at night. Meaning nocturnal beings. You know, everyone who is in their right mind should be sleeping at night, correct? And active during the day. But some people have a different schedule. And not because they are in shift work. Ah, shifty work is better. <laughs> ah, very shifty activities, shady activities and so they are up all night because they want to pounce when you are sleeping. Ah, because whatever they do, they are too, either too scared or too ashamed to do it in the daylight. So they have to wait for everyone to go to sleep to, for, to engage in their nefarious or illegal activities. Naktancharabhyaha. And whether we like it or not, such things exist. Such people exist. And they don't exist accidentally. They have been put there, you know, they, either they are there and they are abusing their free will and terrorizing others or in the process of terrorizing others, they are cleaning up other people's karma, doesn't matter, they are still there and they have to be dealt with. We wish all of them were behind bars, but usually they are found in bars, you know, yeah, <laughs> this is what it is, yeah, at night. And so, but so we have to deal with them. So, how to deal with them? You Ishwarize them. And you say, Namaha to those sources that may come and hurt me in the night in the form of these nefarious or illegal activities and uh, illegal acting entities. And so may I be protected from all of them. Yeah, so I acknowledge them and I Ishwarize them. I see them as included in the law of Ishwara. It's not that the, the robber, you know, it's not that Ishwara is a robber. Yeah. Although he's called Harihi because he robs one's papas, but that's different. Ishwara is not a robber, but every robber is not outside of the law of the, uh, the Jagat and the law of Ishwara. All robbers are included in Ishwara, but Ishwara doesn't become the head of all robbers. No. Ishvara is there as a source of uh, Sharanagati or what is that called? 
you know what is sharanagati how do you say that in english surrender thank you to the people who to the naktanchara who says i will start sleeping during the night and i will give up this activity then ishvara is a source of surrender so you cannot say adharma is ishvara no ishvara is not adharma but adharma is not outside of ishvara that is how we have to say we have to be very careful how we use the words otherwise you say ishvara is adharmic no that's not the point but these things exist and then prakrintanam pataye pataye means to the leaders of of this uh, you know prakrinta you know krintanam means cut yeah prakrintanam here means to kill so these homicidal people who first kill and then rob sometimes people rob and then they can resort to killing if the person makes a noise or calls 911 or something like that but these this class of prakrintas here described first kill and then rob so there is a certain kind of a very you know macabre set of people very dangerous people so unto the lord of all of them he is not the lord of all of them just because they are you know doing all these horrible activities he is their lord just like he is our lord once they give up he is there to redeem them yeah just like you know uh, valmiki we have heard the story so many times well you know valmiki was one such person he was a prakrinta He, he used to kill people just like that and then rob them of the thing but then when he was ready to give up that activity bhagavan was there you know for him and so like this the whole thing you know has to be understood prakrinta naam pataye namaha and then a few other people are talked about namaha ushnishine girijaraya kulunja naam pataye namaha so kulunja kumbhumim lunjati you know uh, means the one who swallows up other kshetra uh, apahari you know the one who uh, swallows up other people's lands is called kulunja these are all very ancient ways of shortening vedic uh, you know ways of uh, coming up with new words so kulunja is the one you know don't confuse it with kulcha that you have in the restaurant <laughs> Ah, this is what kulunja. Ah, yeah, this is not kulcha. Onion kulcha. So many varieties are there. That's not the, the this. This is not kulcha. Eh, this is what kulunja. Yeah, it sounds similar, but it is uh, different. So this kulunja kum bhumi kum means earth, bhumi. Kum bhumim ku is earth. So kum bhumim lunchati, the one who swallows up. and uh, uh, appropriates lands usually what belonging to others or common lands the one who appropriates is called kulunja and they come we are told here in this uh, mantra they come in two varieties and one is ushnesha ushnesha means what the turbaned fellows they look very respectable they have a veneer of respectability like these chaudharis zamindars you know in the old days we hear and what did they do they suck the land dry and then all these farmers are uh, what are they called they are lease shareholders they are not uh, uh, holders they are um, no 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 
no, they are they are they are working. They are serfs. Actually, they are kind of serfs, indebted labor. They are serfs, and whatever they get from the crops, most of it has to be given to this ushnisha. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, this ushnishin. You have to give to uh, this uh, turbaned fellow who has a veneer of respectability, has a lot of status. When he comes, everybody has to get up. And uh, when he sits down, and then only people sit down. In front of him, people don't cannot wear chappals. All these rules are there. And they have to remove the chappals and come and do all these things. And he just says, ha, ah, okay. And then they have to give almost all their crops and retain a little bit. And when they retain a little bit, that's not enough to feed the family, especially even if there is drought, everything they have to give. And they are permanently indebted because you know what happens is that they are not able to meet their uh, demands and uh, the, their uh, family demands. And so where do they have to go to borrow money? From this Ushnishin alone. Yeah. You have to go, same fellow who is oppressing them in two ways. He is oppressing them by taking away the crops and then he is putting them into this cycle of debt. And of course they die away without uh, fulfilling the debt. And then the son, the daughter, the children, next generation, next generation. This is a, a horrible blight in India. Even now in some places it's going on. And so this is the Ushnesha, oppressive landlord, is, you know, or field lord, is called Ushnishinaha. So, Namaha Ushnishine, for this Ushnishin, and to this one who manifests as this well-behaved, uh, cultured fellow, because otherwise who wears turbans, you know, cultured fellow, but acting very uncultured, and I see Ishvara, I see the law of Ishvara there because it is inevitable. Because this has been coming on happening, there must be some purpose. It doesn't mean I stop fighting for the farmers, it doesn't mean I don't do whatever I can to ease this. It doesn't mean that I don't try to expose them, I do all that. But before that, I have to see them as included in Bhagavan. Namaha Ushnishine. So one type of kuluncha, you see, you see, this is a mistake we can make. We, we, there are not three entities here. This Ushnishin and uh, this Giricharaha and kuluncha are not three separate people. There is how many? Only kuluncha and the kuluncha is coming in two species, two varieties of kuluncha. One is the is the civilized Kuluncha who lives in villages and towns and who oppresses all the poor people. And the other one is, the other kind of Kuluncha is the Girichara, means the, he, he is not civilized, he lives in the forest, he lives in the mountains and everything and then pounces upon all the people and then takes away their lands, makes the land his own. So one is the civilized kind of kuluncha, you know, you know, the civilized robber who says, can I please take away your lands? Thank you. <laughs> and the other one just grabs. But both of them are really grabbing. And that's the irony of it. That's why the kuluncha has been divided into two. Both of them are, you know, swallowing the lands. Kshetra apaharanam. And so that is what is called, that is, you know, that is called, uh, that is one of the uh, characteristics of a atatayi. 
and atatai means the encroacher so the one the terrorist so these are two kinds of terrorists like you can even say that uh, the ushnishin in the in the western context can be like the mafia don you know ah mafia don you can't pin anything on them they are very respectable they have a day job don't ask about the night job that's all <laughs> yeah they have a day job they have a company at least some kind of a company of which they are the ceo and they'll wear a nice suit and they will come yeah and they'll come all dressed up wonderfully you know ushnishin yeah very nicely suited booted and all very nice presentation but the people who work for them the hirelings are like girichars because they go and do all the dirty work this fellow is very clean nothing sticks in fact there was one fellow who was called teflon don mm. all the court cases would be like cooking on non stick surface nothing stuck teflon so like this even here we find so you don't have to say how to understand this kulunja because we are two varieties are already here so the rough uh, robber the rough robbing person who says this you know uh, who who just grabs and goes or the civilized person kulunja and this uh, this uh, civilized kulunja like the the ushnishin includes also these corporate greed that that also should be included like uh, big big companies insurance companies that make a scam big banks who are engaging in scams to you know uh, loot the customers especially which is you know and also these uh, people who repossess houses and all these kinds of things so these all all that kind of activity should be included and these corporations sometimes they keep on taking away common lands common lands were you know in india this has happened so much common lands where all the common people could go graze their buffaloes you know wash their clothes drink uh, get water get grass for the pastures all the all that is gone now because now it belongs to some ushnishin and so girichara kulunchanam pataye ya namaha and then now there are uh, you know now there are some other beings which we have to see and ishumad ishuman ishumadbhya dhanva vibhyascha vo namaha vah namaha you know twabam vah alternative so you know so uh, uh, and tevam vah in their alternatives so tevam vah unto them unto unto all of you so this is kind of directly addressing uh, until uh, until now it was addressing bhagwan you know through the forms of these things uh, indirectly unto all these forces namaha here unto you namaha vah means you know tubhyam you know like that vah Uh, and uh, uh, unto all of you namaha unto you namastubhyam and and who are the people here who we are saying namaha to directly ishuman so the bearers or the carriers of arrows issue is arrow 
So the carriers of arrows, they are scary, correct? Because you don't know what they are going to use it for. And so directly I face them because after indirectly acknowledging them, now one has the uh, courage to directly, uh, because now one is not afraid to look at the fact that they exist. So you look at them directly and say, Vaha Namaha. Yushmabhyam, you know, Tubhyam, and to you, Namaha. I salute you. I salute you means what? I see Ishwara's hand in your existence. I cover you, the scary one, with Ishwara Buddhi. Dhanva Vibhya, the carriers of bows, the carriers of arrows, means all kinds of horrible, you know, uh, AK-47 you can include, you can include all kinds of uh, guns and all these things, harming uh, yantras, shastras, astras, everything can be included. And unto all of you, terrorizing people, you know, with the view to terrorize, you have what? You have these shastras you are carrying unto you, namaha, mean other, means other words, two things. One is I acknowledge you, I am not going to be intimidated by you. And secondly, if you are Bhagavan, if you are included in Bhagavan, I pray to Bhagavan to keep all of you away from me, to protect me from you. All that has to be understood. More we will continue tomorrow. Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaga Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om